Congratulations, you made it to the X-Fill. You can relax, unpack your bags, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, Mike, a.k.a. MTB Trigger here, and with me as always is my co-host, Ronald, a.k.a. Eric. If you are brand new, welcome. This is an Escape from Tarkov podcast where we talk about all things EFT, and our goal is to get better at the game, and we hope you come along with us on that journey. We were going to wait about 10 episodes to do what we're doing tonight, but honestly, it just seems like the right time, especially following this insane drops event that's going on in Tarkov right now. He's back with a fresh pair of ostrich boots. He's here to goof around. But before we bring our guest in tonight, you guessed it, it's hideout keeping time. So if you're looking to support the show, the best thing you can do, share it with a friend, share it with someone who's new to Tarkov, someone who's looking for help or for a community to get involved in. Let them know about the podcast. Let them know about the Discord community. We're over a thousand members strong now, always groups forming. Second to that, like, comment, rate, star, whatever you can do on your app of choice, all of that helps us tremendously. And lastly, for those of you that directly support us on Patreon or those of you looking for a way to directly support us, we are on Patreon. And lastly, if you're looking to find me, you can find me on Twitch a couple days a week starting at 1 p.m. Central. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at MTB Trigger. And I also hang out in Discord a lot. So you can find me there as well. But we're flying through it quick this week. So Ronald, how are you, man? Let these folks know how they can get in touch with you, sir. Hey, what's up, everybody? You can always get in touch with me in Discord at the top of the list, right next to MTB. That's the best way to do it. Send me a DM. You can also follow me on the Twitters at Ronald Gaming. Outside of that, if you have something more formal you'd like to get to us, you can email the show at xpmedia2020 at gmail.com. This week, I'd like to encourage everyone to go check out youtube.com slash xpmedianow. We've got a lot of new stuff going up there in the next 15 days especially, so look for some stuff two weeks after you see this show. Also, we've got some new PUBG content going up. I have to mention that we've got the Winner Winner podcast going up where MTB interviews devs and other players in the PUBG space. And so we've got some really exciting stuff going up there. The first episode for season three, we actually talked to the head of all of PUBG for North America. So I would encourage everyone to check that out if PUBG is also one of your games. But tonight, tonight we need to get into this. Tonight we have a special guest, someone who last time tried to prove that this fake Illuminati exists, which was just a crazy, crazy rumor, which we were able to dispel quickly and take care of. We also are pretty excited to get into all of the reasons why I was right and he was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And he's a friend of the show. We always enjoy having him on. His channel, twitch.tv slash Geeksa, is the only place that you can see Sharkman do his thing. (laughs) Our Budski from the North, Mr. Geeksa, how are you doing, sir? Good, good. You know what I just realized while I was being silent for that whole time and listening to you ramble like you always do? You guys both have the same headsets. Does your Illuminati make it so that you both have to wear the same headsets or is it just like you just, you know, it's just coincidence? I think someone's got a little headset jealousy. What do you think? That's what I'm going to say. I think he doesn't know that you're like, hey, what headset do you like? (laughs) What's the best one? <laughs> no, uh, thank you guys for having me. Uh, I'm really excited to come back. I uh, I really wanted to do this, and I started a meme in the channel calling Ronald a chicken, 
and everyone likes to spam the chicken emote when he comes in because he's a chicken. He doesn't want to come back and say, you know what, Geek Say, you're right. I'm sorry. You know, apologies are always nice. You know, we do that here in Canada a lot. So just a nice apology. We can start the, the whole podcast if you want like that. It's funny. You, you say Canadians apologize a lot, yet I'm seeing you do a, a lot of not apologizing. I'll apologize on a couple of things that I was wrong about, and that's one thing. And the rest of it, though, I need an apology for it. Like a, like a whole blanket of just I'm sorry's. <laughs> Uh, I love that you guys are doing your best to jump to the second segment of the okay, show. Anyways, <laughs> go to the first segment. I'm about to rip his head off. <laughs> let's do this. Well, let's uh, <laughs> let's let's do this because you had some really exciting stuff go on this geek. So let's uh, let's get through our weeks first because I really do want to yeah, talk about the sure. drops event, and we'll dig into that a little bit more. So, Eric, uh, how was your week, man? Pretty good, pretty good. I'm almost uh, level 20 in the middle of level 19, been getting a lot of task progression done. And I have a new and just ridiculously embarrassing strategy for scaving on factory. I want to talk about it because it's it's honestly, if you make fun of me, it's okay. I, I deserve to be, made, to be made fun of for what I'm doing. But I basically, if I scav in and it doesn't really matter where I scav in, it's more about which exfills I get. So if I get the office window exfil, I just go somewhere and wait until about three minutes left. Three? Uh-huh. Yep. So I'll, I'll, I'll walk around in the tunnels, and if someone comes down there, we'll get them. Otherwise, I basically just go and just kind of be silent for, for a little bit, because you usually get in with about 10 minutes left. And so I get down to about three, maybe four minutes left. I creep up the steps towards the office. I loot all of the carnage, and I have been getting out every time with about three to 400,000 worth of stuff. But it's funny you say this, because my like fourth video or third video ever in Tarkov was a strategy with Factory. Oh, really? Like, uh, yeah, no joke. Like, I showed everyone where to hide on Factory because what I would do is, in in my version though, uh, you didn't get ten minutes. You got a lot more than that, right? So you got twenty, twenty five minutes. The place where you go upstairs, you used to be able to go hide under there. So I told everyone hide under those stairs, and like I'd start editing videos and stuff. I'd have a stopwatch. And when there was like seven minutes left, I'd come out of my crawl space like a little rat that I was. And I would just get all the car- like you said, right? It, and because I was new, I was losing stuff constantly. It, it's it's a legit strategy. Sorry, I had to jump in there because it's funny because I have a YouTube video on that. No, this is actually funny, too, though, because I've actually seen what I believe to be this strategy in play because I was in factory the other day. And, you know, when you see a player scav and you have this feeling like that person has something rare. I know they have something in their bag because they are checking every corner. If they hear movement, they run the other way. And there was like two minutes left in this raid. I had killed like 17 scabs and I was just kind of picking through the loot, getting as much experience as I could. And I see this player scav and he goes to the tunnels and he runs through the tunnels and I sprint to cut him off going to gate zero. And then he sprints back the other way. And I literally said on stream, I said, this guy has a flash drive or something. And then he sprints the other way. Then he comes up the ramp on the other side, goes through the coat room, and he comes sprinting across and I kill him. And lo and behold, he's got a flash drive, a labs card, and a fuel conditioner. And I think he just scooped all of this loot up in like a two or three minute window and was just trying to get out. Yeah, and this is why I only do this if I have the office window extract, because all the PMCs have to be on other sides of the map. And literally, there's nobody left. And there's usually, I, I would say at the at the low end, I've had maybe five bodies to loot. 
At the high end, I have to make sure I watch the time because there's so much to take. My stash is completely full. All of my tack rigs are full of stuff. And it literally took me like two hours to sell everything and rearrange everything today from all the stuff that I got. But, you know, it's bad. Call me a rat. It's a total rat thing to do. No, it's, it's okay. It's, 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 it's fine. I'm playing the game wrong. But it's it's super fun, though, because if you don't have lots of time, this is a great way to get piles of gear that you can either use or sell. That's what a scav is, though. It's scavenge. It's not there to go kill and, and destroy. You're there to, to scavenge and and be a quote-unquote rat, you know? Right, but did you sur- do you survive most of the time with the strat? Oh, like nine out of ten times. I mean, that's the most important thing as a scav and as a PMC now, so I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Yeah. So anyways, that that's, I've had a fun week uh, doing that. And then uh, just task progression. It's been really interesting doing task progression. Trigger, you and I did some task progression this week. Uh, I got through tasks that last wipe, uh, which was our first wipe, took me a lot longer to do. I got through them quite a bit faster this time around, kind of, I would say, playing a little bit more aggressively dying more but at the same time you know not being afraid to die as much at this phase you know of the game progression so overall it was a pretty good week how about you mine was good too um i kind of got through those mid-20s struggles you know i was on some of the harder tasks like i talked about getting the cargo manifest last week but then i got into some of the uh, cosplay tasks like i like to call them like the wear a pack of vest wear the balaclava and scab vest Uh, the blueberry set. And I got killed so many times doing those because it seems like everyone's out there doing those. So, you know, a lot of people will on shoreline hug the kind of the beach area. And it seems like everybody's wearing a blue vest and blue helmet and shooting at each other. So if you if you want to avoid people with Valdez, don't go down there, I guess. But I got through those, made some progress on the Punisher tasks. And then just today, I hit level 35, which was a milestone for me because I unlocked a skier uh, loyalty level four. And now I just have the last five levels to go for mechanic and uh, who's the other one? Mechanic and Ragman to max out the traders. So today was capping out skier, which was awesome. And yeah, so I had a great week in tasks and got through. Now, now I'm just kind of stuck on all of the find and raid stuff. So I need to find graphics cards. I need to find vertexes. I need to find the uh, wireless signal transmitters. So some of those harder military items I'm coming up against now. And my avoiding of the reserve map is now haunting me from last wipe. So I think I'm going to be learning reserve coming up. So I'm excited for that. But that was that was pretty much all week, man. Just task progression. It was great. A lot of experience. I, I think what I'm most excited to hear about, not only because I'm excited to be a part of it because I've gotten some really kind of good loot, but not like it was the last drops event. You know, we were. I'm not getting like weapons cases or 10 bitcoins. It's like I got a graphics card. I got five green gunpowders, and those are really valuable items to me right now. And I've seen people getting key tools and things like that. But Geek actually had drops enabled on his channel on day one. So I really want to hear about this from you, man. Like it seems so cool to see. Like your chat was exploding. There was a time when Pestily sent people over. Yeah. How was that, dude? It was so cool to watch. So it it was uh, really great. You know, I tweeted after the whole thing because I wanted to see what the experience was. But one thing I I do want to point out is the fact that like before the drops came, I I put out the tweet. It was like EFT community before the drops. It's too early. It's too early. Why are we getting drops? And then when drops are on EFT community, I said, 
I've been here 20 minutes. Where are my drops? Like, why isn't it? You know what I mean? It's just like, it's, it's so funny how it progressed like so fast, right? Like <laughs> it went really well. You know, I, I'm really happy. Uh, as we all know, I don't know if actually, as we might not all know, the later on, like this whole wipe thing goes or the drop event goes, the better stuff gets. So the first day, okay. I think the best people were getting were like, I think factory keys. Okay. I heard a whole bunch of people talking about getting factory keys, but a lot of people were like, hey, thanks for the four hour soap, bud. I had a message my artist in the middle of my stream, like 10 hours in. Because everyone was getting splints and then everyone was laughing about being like, hey, welcome to the splint club. So I was like, dude, I will pay you $50 right now if you can make me a splint club emote in the next two hours. And chat's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got that all settled up. So now we have the splint club emote. Um, it, it was just really fun. It was nice to have so many people. Like I've never had that many people unless I got a host, but then it dropped right back down. Right. Like it would drop pretty significantly. But I was rocking about anywhere from six to six and a half thousand people on day one. It was really good. I'm super happy for all the new people. I got so many new people coming in saying they enjoyed the content, saying they were having a lot of fun. A lot of people saying how much of a chicken Ronald was. They're coming from your communities. And I was like, dude, so, you know, you're right. Totally. Totes my goats on that one. Hey, eh, buds. <laughs> I thought you gave me a splint. That's what I thought happened. I thought. <laughs> Welcome to the split club, buds. I thought it was just me. I figured you saw me there and you're like, bro, this guy gets a splint. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was really good, though. Like the drop events, I, I think it's awesome. You know, so many people enjoy them. So many people uh, really learn about the game through this way, you know, and a lot of streamers that might not have a big following might get recognized and get hosts from bigger people. Uh, it's kind of an odd way how they did it this time, but it was actually a re I, I like the way they did it this time. I'm not going to complain, you know. Uh, the last one, I think, was like, what, five, six days? I'm not sure. And then this one, it's like 10 days, but every streamer has like only one day. So 24 hours. And then at the end, the last day, all the streamers have it. I think we came up with like there's 300 streamers doing, taking part wow. in this. And, um, you know, so that would be a lot of streamers. And I get why they did it like this. I think it was it was smart. You know, hopefully if you do get the drops, you know, you kind of stream longer than normal. At least I did 24 hours. I did because I wanted the community to get the most out of it. Plus, you know, I had so many new friends coming over that I was like, oh, hey, buds, you know, like there's so many new buds in there. So uh, I, had a, I had a blast. It wasn't as hard. It was probably the best. I'm going to tell you this right now. It was probably the best 24 hours I've ever done. Not because like for sure, because I had so many people, it got me jacked and everything. But because I started at two in the morning, so it started at 2 a.m. my time. So I did like the overnight part at the beginning. You know what I mean? So it was actually pretty easy because usually the worst part of 24 is like going from like 2 a.m. to like 6 a.m. until you end at 9, say. But because I started at 2 a.m., I ended at 2 a.m. So it, it was pretty nice. Plus, I was playing with uh, my buddy Finest XI and Jesse Kazam most of the time. Uh, Jesse was had the drops, too. So like Finest was with me most of the day. And then uh, the last 12 hours, Jesse was with me and we were just he was there till the end, too. And, and we were just having a blast and goofing around. Did you guys have any like amazing raids during the event? We had a couple of bangers for sure. We had a couple of like definitely, you know, you know, I'm not a person to get like eight kills around, you know, but like combined, we might get four or five. But what really gets me excited is like when you play really well, like that gets me jacked, right? Like 
Uh, there was a time when we were going towards power and I really like spawning around power in interchange actually because I know there's going to be a lot of fighting right so I kind of figure out what side I'm coming on and I play a little differently from each side but I know there's going to be fights and I think we did down I think a three man and then a two man and it was just like how we communicated got me like I was like wow that's so, like that's what this game is about it's not about going in there and like mowing down five people or something like where this game shines is like you knowing the map like I always say you knowing the map better than someone else you predicting what they're going to do and you communicating with your teammates saying you know i'm going to do this you know you you kind of go over here and i'm sure we can pinch at him or just force him out of his little hidey hole you know yeah so can we talk about that for a second though because you saying that just like i am feeling convicted about a woods raid i had today (laughs) in a squad and we were owning in the lumber camp and then we got pinched i was running with two guys and we got pinched on either side of the lumber camp okay and we got so split up that at one point i literally just had to go hide on the coast because I couldn't effectively figure out where my team was. And there's shooting going on everywhere. We're killing people left and right. I had to let two guys go because I didn't know if it was my team. And when you talk about the comms, the communication and knowing the map, like Power Station, I've also had bad communication issues on. I actually talked about it last week. We were talking about a duos event that I had where I didn't know how to communicate it. So how do you manage having you know, thousands of people in your stream and you have a high engagement in your stream and it's fun and there's memes going on. But then how do you manage like communicating and what's important to you when you're playing with somebody else? Because I think this is a real challenge. I experience it all the time. But how do you get through that? How do you communicate? What's important to you when you're playing with somebody? The first thing is I usually don't play more with than like I usually have one buddy. You know what I mean? And that person is usually another streamer or someone that plays like a mod and they know the game quite a bit. So I can we know what we're doing or we know the call outs enough to be like, I'm at this and you can kind of get a gist. But I, I'm not perfect at it. Like there's so many times if you watch me, I'll be like, he's, uh, you know, over there, like he's over to the left. He's over, you know, by the. Uh, what's it called? You know, and, and it just does that sometimes. And I die a ton from looking at chat and I won't get mad at myself because I'm there for chat first game second. You know, it just happens. But when when things are on, you just kind of have to recoup. You have to be like, I'm here and I'm staying right here. Or if you're playing like and that's why, you know, I think playing with more than two people is sometimes more of a negative than it is a positive unless you're all very familiar with each other you're very you know you guys are kind of more veteran players or you know you just you don't care if you don't care you don't care you know some things we would do is like oh we all have triceps so at least that narrows something because i don't like the armbands i don't know about you guys but i'm not a huge fan of the armbands so you could be like you know if people want to go play with like a three man or a two man or if you guys want to try to figure something out we all wear the same backpack or we all wear the same backpack to the same helmet, 6B47 or whatever, and a tricep. Those are our helmets and backpacks. We're always going to have those on or the scav backpack or the day back. Something so that it's like I see that person. They're not wearing that person like they're wearing the penis helmet and not the other helmet. That's a bad guy. It's stuff like that. That's easier to tell than an armband right away. You know what I mean? Especially like scav backpacks. I like them, but I like the Barracoot or whatever. And the new day backpack is awesome. Yeah, yeah. The all black one. Yep. But the scav backpack has that red pouch on the back. So it's kind of, you know, it's it, it's saying to shoot me here, right? Yeah. That's what it's about, though. It's it's like no one's perfect. You're going to make mistakes. And if you're in a four man or a five man, just like, hey, good luck. You know, that's tough. 
Yeah, we've got some guys that do it in the Xfil podcast community, and they are they run it all the time, and they're all about it, and they've got tight comms, and it's cool to watch, right? A couple of them stream, but it's you're right, it can be a disadvantage for sure. Um, speaking of the armbands, though, one of my favorite things to do is just slap white armbands on all the time. Because that way, if you get killed, and when the other person comes to loot you, they're going to think you're part of a team. Oh, for sure. The psycho. It's all about <laughs> yeah. that psycho. Got to get that gear mind. back. That's... Even even if they kill you, you're still in their mind. You know exactly. What I mean? you're, you're still in mind. They're wondering where he's you know? at. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that, though. Back to the, the drops event. It sounds like it was great. I'm hopeful that you had a bunch of new followers, subs. I mean, it just seems like the community shows up for these events and it's really cool. Did anything like surprise you this time around? I know you've been involved in them before. Was this one, you mentioned that this one was kind of different and unique and you know why they did it, but anything surprising mm-hmm. happened related to it? Um, I definitely got bigger numbers than I have in all of the last one. You know, like I said, it's the biggest because only certain people had the drop. So it wasn't like last time it was like, I don't know, like maybe a hundred people, a little less, right? But it's every day and everyone's, you know, going for the top spot and everything and you know where this one it's like 30 people a day only have it right you know you just hope you get some sort of host or something from someone else to like bump you a little bit and and get going and i was lucky enough to just you know at the beginning i got a lot of people in there and then i got a nice host from uh dotty hack and you know it just it just snowballed right and it was it was really good nothing but happy and and super humbled about it a lot of people saying oh dude you're the you're the youtube guy i love you man i love you i use your guides all the time it's like thank you you know like i love hearing that i love hearing that i think they did the drops event awesome we can argue whether or not it was too early but i think looking at the things they're giving it not being fined in raid i think it's fine i don't think it's really skewing the the landscape as it did last time because last time it was like here's a slick uh vest here's another slick vest here's 10 bitcoins enjoy you know what i mean this time it's like you know here's a tic tac maybe here's some soap here's some graphics cards here's uh, you know some corrugated hoses stuff you somewhat need you know but nothing op at least well and the other thing too is they none of it was fine in raid Right. So you're either using it or selling it to a trader, which I thought was obviously a good last minute decision. They had to clarify that after they tweeted out when the drops were starting. And and that kind of leads into what we wanted to talk about anyway, was a follow up on uh, you and Ronald's predictions (laughs) related to find and raid. And you guys kind of alluded to it at the top of the show. And I don't want people to wait too long because we've talked a lot about the find and raid. We've all talked quite a bit offline. and, And I think we've all had very different experiences than we had originally predicted. But I guess what I'm <laughs> what I'm hopeful to do here is talk about some of the stuff that you guys predicted and then, you know, maybe we can talk back and forth on whether it's actually been experienced that way or what we've seen or what we've heard because I think this has been a super interesting change and now that people have had a couple weeks to figure it out, you know, I hear comments like, you know, this is great for the long term of the game. It was challenging, but now I've kind of got it figured out. People are playing different. You know, some people are still really struggling. Some people it's working out perfectly for so like what do you guys think about like i guess maybe let's start with some of those predictions like what what were you guys really thinking was going to happen that that's now flipped on its head geek you mentioned that yeah i'm just going to say one thing though i was wrong i'm going to come out of the gate and say i was very wrong about there being a mid game i was so wrong about that and i did not expect that i did not expect to to get killed from 
Iggy Pop ammo and BS ammo out of the gate second day in. I didn't expect that as much as I, I did get destroyed by like seeing someone, it not being uncommon to see someone with killer armor and a Val and all this other stuff right away. I was so disappointed. You know what I mean? Like I was like, it kind of put the window to my sails for a little bit, but like that was only like a little bit. But do you think though that they added in at the end of the last wipe, they added in the therapist auto heal. And then a part of that was also the icons that you can hover over and learn mm-hmm. where the damage came from and what type of round it was from as well, which we didn't have any access to before. It was kind of like if you died, you died. And if you didn't you know, know the, the sound of the something. gun, yeah. you didn't know what it was. But now it's like, oh, that guy got me and he had seven and three nine. Holy cow, I'm level two. What happened here? And do you think it's because there wasn't really massive changes to the tasking system and everyone's good at it? Do you? I, I guess I'm trying to wonder, like, how was your prediction so wrong on that? Because you, you were pretty convinced there was going to be a mid game. Yeah, I, I thought there was going to be a mid game. I think people learning how to spam bosses, especially Killa early with a Keter or something, cheese them, you know, early and get them. Uh, also, the reserve map, that being super OP with getting raiders and whatnot, I think is a little too much. I think, you know, the more I look at it, the more I feel like raiders should have like level four armor and below, you know, and every once in a while have really cool stuff. I, I really do feel like I feel like level five and level six armor should be like super rare. It should be an occasion when you find it. Same thing with the ammo types. Like everything was a little too plentiful, especially I think the big thing was everyone knew how to either A, spam killa or B, knew how to spam reserve. Because I, I barely played reserve this whole wipe. I've barely played it. I, I'm not a huge fan of that map, but like you can find so much good ammo. You can go kill the raiders on that map. Once you get an RR, say you're lucky enough to get an RR, you're just laughing because you have an easy extract out of there always, right? How do you feel, Ronald, about, did you notice how it was just like, I know you didn't play much as early on as I did say, but did you notice right away how much people had like really good stuff right away? Not really. No? I would say one of the things that has not developed that I think I was wrong about to a certain extent was scarcity on the flea market being something that really affects the gameplay. Mm-hmm. And I guess I don't know how that's going to play out in a couple of months, but I haven't really had any situation where the flea market didn't have what I wanted that was not something weird, like a weird gun part or something, you know, that's not unlocked uh, or very widely available. But because of the find and raid changes to the questing system, the way that's all developed, it's like it's made the flea market used differently. And so I would say that that was one thing that's kind of worked out differently than what I was thinking. I would say the biggest thing that I've noticed is that at level 10, when you do unlock the flea market, the game becomes really easy. It's like the, the 1 to 10 grind for me was not fun. And and I talked about this three episodes ago in, in the controversial show that we had, but I took a pretty hard stance for the kind of casual three to five hour a week player because I think that they had a good chance of enjoying the game before. I think that some of the changes with the guns and the ammo and whatever that was found, I personally didn't really feel any disadvantage because of that. I felt like I could still be effective with whatever my scav had, whatever I found, even up till today, right? You know, I now have enough money and resources that I I like what I like at this point. 
I still think that the biggest negative that they that they did was the one to ten grind is really just it's it's not it's not good. It's bad game design and the flea market gets unlocked and it's like all of a sudden the game is just incredibly easy. All the, uh, and and it doesn't make any sense. There's no wind up in progression. There's no wind up in difficulty. Why, why, do, why do you think it becomes easy though? What do you mean it comes becomes easy? Because like like all of a sudden you can get the things that you that you need that you can't get. Like my biggest example was like having to heal and not being able to find like enough resources to get my med station leveled up. So I'm buying stuff from therapists and I'm always broke, right? And so I'm buying, I'm buying, you know, cheeses to trying to heal because I can't afford to do the after raid heal because it drains all my currency because, you know, you die or whatever so much. And it's just, it's too much. It's too much for a new player, I guess is my point. I was looking at it through the lens of a new player. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I still think that that part of the game, and I know all the other arguments about Tarkov being hardcore, all that stuff is great. But, you know, at the end of the day, you have to have casual players to fund the game. That's just kind of how any game works. And so they have to do something about that. So of all, of all the predictions, I would say that I was wrong about the scarcity that hasn't planned out the exactly the way that I thought it would. But the one to 10 grind was something I wasn't convinced was going to be as big of a deal as, as it ended up being, I guess. I think anything... If anything shows you that EFT does care about the person that can't play a ton, it is the crafting abilities they have thrown in the hideout now. You know, they have thrown in a lot of stuff that is early task items, you know, like Salua's. I was just crafting Salua's to get mine. You know, I didn't even find them in raid. Like, I just crafted them. Like, the big thing I had to find was just fuel. And then I could craft Salua's with everything, just buying it from therapist. But it's the problem of even getting to that point. Again, it's it's a time played thing, you know. It's it's oh, it's for sure. You, you sure. know what I mean. So, like, so it's I a, knew that, but someone else might not know that I can craft right. meditation one, and, and I I definitely do get that with like I I think this was the hardest wipe for me. Like I, I I was successful for sure. I did really well this wipe. I'm happy where I am. I had some banger raids, but I also had some like holy. Like, let's start with desync. Desync was a huge issue. I think the game's running super smooth. I think there's no stutters. I'm not having stutters, but instead, I'm like, I thought I was behind that wall. Like, how did, what happened? Okay, so you kind of traded one for the other. I just don't remember seeing so much. Like, I have to tell you, I was down on myself the second or third day when I was watching people post on Twitter, like, they're like, Level 40, survival rate 93%. I only died because of desync, you know, not like that kind of, but you know what I mean? Like I played a lot and I like, you know, I always tell people I'm not the best at this game, definitely, but I'm, I'm very knowledgeable in it. And, you know, I was doing well. I was, you know, I was playing a lot. I was really giving her, but I was just like, I think with the last drops event, it brought so many more people to this game. And it brought so many good people to this game also, right? Like it brought a lot of talented, just like hardcore players that want to play all the time. And uh, it was nuts and very disheartening until I was like, yeah, that's not who I am. I had to remember, you know, I'm not that guy. You know what I mean? Like I've heard from both of you, like, so Geek, you kind of struggled. And if I'm reading between the lines, maybe you thought you weren't going to struggle as much. And then... Eric, you kind of struggled in a different way, but then you hit level 10. And I, I also kind of got focused on that easy term. I guess one of the things that I'll throw in there is that in the mid game, one of the things I've noticed, right, the, the find and raid change has made things that are used in the hideout very 
interesting. You know, so things that were not valuable at all last raid or last wipe now have a ton of value, like saline solution. Um, the one that I just ran into was you need five cans of shastrillo. And when I looked today, there was two of them up on the uh, flea market and they were 100K. And last wipe, you would see them for like 8K, right? So the hideout items have become very valuable on the flea market. And it, and it sort of switched from the task items. And to your point, Geek, they put a lot of task-related items able to be crafted, which is kind of cool. So I kind of want to dig in just a little bit to the way you guys felt early on, because I think it might be worth exploring why. You know, because you again, you guys said you struggled and then it got easy. And I think I want to hear about those transitions because you both went from struggle to feeling good about where you were. And I want to talk about that specific point. I, I didn't think it was going to be a breeze for me and I didn't think it was going to be easy. That's not where my struggle came from. My struggle came from I love pre or I love right after wipe because everyone's using SKSs, you know, like 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 crap. Everyone's using like, you know, it's just like, you know, the the fights become instead of you're dead. It's just like, okay, I'm still alive. I can still run around for a bit because, you know, you shot me with garbage ammo. Let's go over here. You know, it became just you're dead again. And I was like, what? I was excited for like, you know, more shenanigans, more like gong shows of fights and just like, but instead it just seemed like I'd say once every like five fights I was getting to, it was like, oh, that guy has an attack too somehow. That's, that's not good for me. For sure. That's not good for me. I was just disappointed in the overall, just like how fast it felt faster than even usual. It went from early game to late game. Now that I'm, I'm playing more and more and more and more, you know, I've been playing a ton. I'm level 38 right now. It's not feeling like that. It just felt like that, I think, more because I was level one to five and these guys were the same, but it felt like they were 50 already. I don't know. Like, did you guys join last wipe right fresh? Yes. Yep. So I, I got the game in December, early December. Yeah. Like three weeks before the drops event happened and Eric got yeah. it a couple days after I did because I made him. <laughs> but is it, when, when did when did the wipe happen last time? It, did it was it right around Christmas, drop? right around Christmas. It was October. Yes, it was October. Yeah. So we, we were we were what, six weeks, Eric, something like that. Yeah. Six weeks. Yep. in. So what I'm noticing actually with the flea market now is is a couple of things. I'm noticing weapon parts are very expensive. Like I just finished the gunsmith tasks and because you need a certain part for a gun, but it doesn't unlock until you do this gunsmith task, you you're now at the sway of I just paid like I think like 400,000 for like an MK12. Like I was like, "What?" So like that just screwed me. I was like, "Okay, well I ha I'm going to do it so I can do it, I guess." And thankfully I found a weapons case in uh marked room and I was like, "Oh, 2 million for a weapons case, yeah, here, I'll sell that ASAP. I don't need that right now. You know, like, it's crazy. But what I am noticing, I feel like I'm noticing, and I've talked to Veritas about this, and he feels opposite about some things, and, and I agree, but I noticed right away is how many resellers there were in this game. How many people played the market? Because I feel like items were cheaper than they were last wipe at the beginning. That's how I feel on more common items. You know, there are a little more niche items, like you said, how you needed certain things 
those are your niche items. What I'm talking about is your wires, uh, your HD drives is, you know what I mean? Stuff that like, it's not super hard to find in raid, but you just don't want to go through, say all these computers or everything. All, also because you could craft them too, which was a big thing. So people were selling them, you know, Ronald, you hit this, that you never have an issue finding anything. You know, I know you were kind of worried about maybe like the scarcity of everything, but there isn't really, except for a couple of weapon parts, there's not much scarcity in resources. I don't feel like you're still getting good bang for your buck on everything. You know, like usually wires at the beginning were about 25, you know, 20, you know, and then now they're about 15, 13. Now HD drives just totally, totally tanked today. I saw them at 10,000 and it's a banger trade Two two of those. Once you get the ice cream cone done, you can trade for a 60 rounder. You know, it's, it's such a good trade when before those were, and I, I really do feel like it really, I felt like, and this is just me and my opinion, you know, I could be wrong is I feel like it just showed me how many people just played the mark. You know what I mean? Like it, it really does show me how many people just took things, flipped them and, and that's how they got, you know, their money. Yeah. I think a lot of people played the market. I mean, including myself, that was a big part of my game, which is different now than it, it used to be. Playing the market now is, you know, like I said, is very, very different, almost almost non-existent for a lot of the ways that people did it the last time around, especially with the drops not being find and raid. Um, I, yeah, I actually think it kind of devalues that whole experience quite a bit for most of the people. Uh, we can get into that if you want to. But I had one quick point about, Trigger, you said about how you were looking for things at level 35 that you needed or whatever. I think that in Geek, those gun parts you needed that were so expensive. I think the only reason they are is because you guys are so far ahead of the pack when it comes to leveling. You guys are way out there, man. You guys are mm -hmm. the tip of, you're oh, the, tip of sure. the belt. The 1%, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we are part of the 1%. I get that. I know that. And so the stuff that you need, just it's just not there yet because the herd hasn't caught up with supplying it. And so that that's going to happen. And I do think that it'll all be cheaper by the time that I get there, right? So it's you, just going to be... So? I, don't, I don't think so. I think these parts... Sorry, to, I'm not trying to cut you off, but I, I think these parts are very niche. I think, you know, you don't find many MK12 parts, you know, for in raid, um, nor I, do I think people see these gun parts. I think the big thing is people don't see these gun parts and see them being money makers. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just like uh, the shotgun uh, piece that at the beginning of the wipe everyone needed, right? If you really looked, it was 40,000 for this piece. And whatnot. And, and, you know, another thing I just want to talk about when you were talking about playing the market, I think you can play the market because I do. It's just a little bit different now. I think what I like about now the find and raid thing is you're just using your hideout, which wasn't it wasn't important last wipe where now you are using it all the time. And I, I, I really do like that. Now it, it, you are you're playing the flea market by crafting things in your hideout. You're trying to be like, OK, if I buy this and this, and I craft six of these, I'll make 40,000 off of it. So I think that's how people have to play the flea market now, putting an emphasis on something that really didn't matter. You know what I mean? Like hideout didn't matter last wipe that much. It did matter, but it didn't matter at the same time. And I think there, especially for newer players, I think there is an emphasis on how good the hideout can be early now. Yeah, I think so. I think they're trying to Maybe this is part of the experiment for this wipe, right? They want to see if how many people use the hideout to really enhance their progression through the game. I still think that the hideout is valuable, but I have not crafted much in it as far as like 
you know, needing the only things that I've crafted are Tashankas because finding 15 Tashankas is in raid is just time consuming. <laughs> and that's really been kind of about it. And so I'm not sure how that's all going to play out. I think it's really cool that there's a lot of good stuff there that can be crafted. Like crafting the scav backpacks, I really think that was a great add-on for the hideout. I think that's going to help a lot of players who maybe struggle with getting a good bag, right, to get into raid with. Uh, the mag case is also, I think, one of the most important early game trades that you can just sell to therapist right away to kind of bolster your your currency. It, but I think also the problem right now is that they've they have added some convenience things to the hideout, but then because of the find and raid change, they've also put some hard gates on it that don't make sense to me. The flash drive thing doesn't make any sense to me at all. Like find and raid flash drives, you know, so many people are stuck there, you know, at, at that. And it's, it's such a gate that really, I don't understand that. It seems like an artificial progression stopper there. I mean, what do you guys think about that? I, I'm with you on that one specifically. Because it's so early that you get the first one and it's a gate to opening Peacekeeper, right? You have to complete that with Skier before you open the Peacekeeper chain. So again, early in the wipe, I think someone that starts later or doesn't get as quick of a start probably won't have as bad of a time with it. But there's still a lot of people searching for them for the Jaeger 3 that you need. But that one specifically is kind of like, it, it really puts a hamper on like group play. <laughs> You know, because early in the in the wipe, you know, I was squatting up and it was like, what tasks do you got? And everyone was like, well, I got this, I got this, and I've got the flash drives. And then everyone just collectively sighs because if a flash drive is found, like <laughs> everyone was, you know, kind of freaking it's about. It's finders keepers. You know, it's it's finders keepers. I agree with yeah, that, yeah, but it's yeah, still, it's yeah. going to cause problems, right? Yeah. And it was before they buffed the spawn rate of them, which they had to do. So it's like, I think Battlestate's aware of some of the things they created and maybe not aware of some of the other ones. And it's cool to see them knee jerk and try to fix some of it. But this one in particular is like, man, it's just kind of brutal that you lock an entire trader progression behind one task that is, honestly, it's pretty challenging. And I don't know. I, I'm kind of with you on that, Eric. It seems seems arbitrary why it's there. Or maybe it's too early. I don't know. The problem with those tasks are it's just RNG. You know what I mean? Like, it's just totally, it's totally random. Like, it's just like, do you find them or do you not? And the fact, like, Intelligence Center level two is when you can craft um, uh, what's called flash drives, right? That's when you can craft them. And that's so far. That's so far. I don't even have that that's yet. That's so far into the high. Yeah, I just got that recently, like a couple of days ago. And I, I play this for a living. So it's it's ridiculous how far it is, right? So I think that should be level that should be level one intelligence center. I think first first things first, if I could recommend it. You know, you being able to now craft 3M armor, it's awesome. You know, that's a task that a lot of people get stuck on is the 3M armor one. That's a huge one. I really do feel like they they were listening to the community. They put in a lot of things that they thought would help some in different scenarios. You know, the one thing I do want to see is there's two things I want to see in hideout right away. Is, and one is uh, level tabs, just like traders, because I don't know what's level one, two and three. So I can't really, you know, I can't just look at, you know, just so I can be like, oh, yeah, this is here you know maybe think you know so i can kind of look and, and examine it from a from a big picture point and the other thing i'd really like to see to be honest and and this would help people that don't have a lot of stash base this is for people that don't have eod is if i owe i, I don't know if i said it on the show but i say it all the time if i owe six power cords 12 wires and, and something else 
to get, say, level two intelligence center, and I only have, like, say, five, two, and three or something out of, like, so I only have 30% of the items, say, I should be able to put them in there. You know what I mean? I shouldn't have to need everything, especially when you need big, uh, big quantities of these items. I should just be able to put, like, it's just like tasks, right? For tasks, if I find one thing in raid out of 12, I can give you one of them. I feel like that should be the same way with hideout. I, I think that would really help with people having such a small stash size and um, hoarding. You know, uh, you know, I always tell people the number one thing you should save up for is a lucky scav junk box. It's going to help you. It doesn't matter if you're EOD or if you're um, standard edition. It's going to help you in the long run. Those, so that's what you should be saving up for. Um, my stance used to be never put money into the hideout until you're comfortable with making money, until you understand the game. I think my stance is kind of on the fence about that. I'm going to have to look more into that. I'm going to have to rethink it again. I, I would, I really do wish I'm going to have to go to the wiki or something to see what level one gets you all the time. So I can really look at the big picture of these things because I can't do it from my game, but I know I really like the emphasis on the hideout. I think they do have to shift some things around for sure, but I've noticed I've used it so much more this wipe than I, I did definitely last wipe. I'm really excited. I'm not, I'm, I'm there like I can do it, but I still it's really expensive, but I, I'm close to getting my scav case done. So I'm kind of excited to gamble because it, it'll be true gambles, right? It'll be truly exciting and fun. Um, but I yeah, the 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 flea market, I feel like they're they're I feel like it's OK, but you're right. Level 10 to get to level 10. You know, for me, it's easy, not easy, but it, it, it is like, you know, a day after like I think after the first day I was at level 15 or something. But that's again because I play, I'm knowledgeable. Maybe even I was a little more than that, but um, it, it is tough for the people that can only play three to five hours a week, right? I don't think the game gets easy once you get there, only because things are still really expensive because of the find and raid tax on them. I like to call it like you know, it's a find and raid tax now you have to pay for on certain items. But I do think it's it's just nice because now you can start making money. You know, I mean, now instead of being like, oh, you're going to buy these wires for 2000 ther therapists, well, I'll sell them for the 13. Right. So, yeah, the, the level 10 flea market, the big change is that it's not that the mechanics of the game are easier, but what happens is your time becomes more efficient. Mm -hmm. And for the casual player, that is the number one buff that you get at level 10. It's just your time is more efficient for what you're doing for the amount of money and currency that you're generating. I guess I think that having tasks that are easier and having tasks that are very doable in the beginning, in the early part of the game, does nothing to take away from the late game. And I think if the people that are kind of in your guys's camp and even higher, like I, I, I've saw one streamer who's level 68. I mean, that guy is done nothing but play Tarkov, right? Level so, you saw someone level Ghost Freak, six, dude. Ghost Freak's level 68. Yep. Yep. So I, I was I when I saw that I was like, bro, we're we're what, four weeks in now? And you're level 68? That's that's some minutes he's putting on Tarkov. So I don't see how that group of people, and I'm not I'm not including you guys, but I'm just saying there's a group of people that are that player that were very vocal about the find and raid gamma, the hatchet runners, the early game stuff like this. And helping the casual players get through level 10 does nothing to take away from their experience at level 68. I don't know what that specifically is. We can talk about it and try to figure it out. But in general, that's kind of my sense of where the game is at. Like the game needs someone from game design to listen to 
or pay attention to metrics of the 70% of the players, not the 5%. So I, I, I just want to say one thing, though. I don't think Ghost Freak plays. He plays a lot like I do, for sure. But I think the big thing is he's just that good. Like, I don't think he's like not sleeping. He's just pulling 24 after 24. It's just every raid he goes in, he kills everyone. He's just like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, I don't think that it, he is doing it for a living. So he is quote unquote, I'd say not no lifing it, but he's he's just doing it for a living. But I think it's not like he's putting in more hours than I am really. It's just, he's that much better than I am. Do you know what I mean? Like, but in the end, when I, when I saw like, you know, Ghost Freak or anyone else that was like level 40 within like 80 raids or something, because they're just that they just need 80 raids because they can get that much experience. And it wasn't even without without labs. He got he I think it was 89 raids and he got to level 40 without labs once. And in my eyes, I just don't see there being that much content in this wipe for me to want to chase that dragon right now. Right. Yeah, you know I mean, like this wipe did not have enough new content like it just. It was kind of underwhelming. You know what I mean? Like I could say that it, it it was nice that everyone came back. It was nice that the find and raid change. It was nice that they changed some stuff. But like, you know, we'll talk about it later, but we need 12.7. We need new content, actual content. Well, and, and I do, I, I want to get to that, but I, I do want to circle back really quick though, to the point Eric made about, you know, this whole dynamic of, level 10 unlocking the biggest buff for the casual player and how smoothing out the 1 to 10 experience for any player isn't going to take away from people that are higher level. And that's the point that you made on last week's episode that really resonated with me. And then Battlestate actually brought up something, they tweeted it out, that sort of added some flavor into it for me. And I actually hate talking about this because I don't particularly like the practice. But there's something called RMT, real money trading. And Battlestate has come out and said that they are going to go after this, that there's bans coming. And I think it adds a little bit of flavor into the conversation because I fully agree with you, Eric. I I 100% agree that smoothing out the 1 to 10 experience and getting people to the flea market does nothing to hurt anybody. I think maybe them tweeting it out and leaving the flea market where it's at, even with the fine and raid change, I think could be a symptom of what's going on in the real money trading markets. I think that sucks for casual players. I don't know how big of an issue it is, but it feels like if they're having to tweet it out and say that it's a big enough issue that they need to focus on it, and then they had to limit the number of Bitcoins that you can take into raid, right? It's telling me like, okay, so they're real money traders are using bitcoins to transfer wealth in the game and then collect money from a third party site whatever but it's like i don't know i just see some of this stuff happening and it's like they're adding in all of this crafting stuff in the hideout to smooth out the find and raid changes which is helping the task progression like you know if you find that green gunpowder and you put it in your gamma even if you die and then you can use that to craft something great and that's helpful for you in your hideout or your find and raid tasks that's awesome but there's still this gap in the 1 to 10 that just doesn't seem like it should be there and i just had this question mark like they're very aware they're doing things to help a lower playtime player by adding in these craftables by adding more stuff into the hideout making it more focused there but they didn't do anything to smooth out the progression to help with experience in one to ten and like the rmt is the only thing that i can point to that like maybe that's the issue maybe that's why they haven't smoothed out the flea market and made it available earlier because i agree with you it does really buff the casual player 
to give them the ability to sell what they find and buy what they need specifically for their hideout or the tasks that require stuff that's not find and raid required. Well, you know, in, in, okay, so when they started this, it was level 15. Imagine how mad people would be if Dude. it was still 15, right? Like that would be ridiculous. So, okay, they, they put it to level 10. It is, I think, because of real money traders. It, that is one of the things, you know, it is for the real money traders, I think is one of the big things. And I also think it's, you know, I can't quote why it is, but I think I think it is. I think it is, right? But in my head, real money traders are probably using cheats anyways. You know, I've already heard stories about people getting real money traders and all they do is they give you the thing and then they give you a bonus of them going through the entire map and just killing everyone because they're cheating. I've already heard stuff like that, right? Um, so the fact that they're trying to do it, so because BattleEye, it takes a while for that account to get get you on the cheats, I'm guessing is the reason they're trying to longevity the playtime to get to the flea market so that they can get to you. I don't think this is the best deterrent. You know, I, I really don't. I think in my head, I don't think it should be a level. I think it should be tasks. So this is your your one to two maps you have. Finish this one task. Okay, the next the next map unlocks for you. And then the next map unlocks for you. And then eventually you unlock all the maps and then you do like the flea market task. And then that unlocks for you. And they're not crazy tasks, right? They're just like you learning the maps, you going to this map and, and just trying it out. Or, you know, maybe maybe it isn't uh, all maps are locked, but maybe it's just tasks instead for for the hideout or for the the flea market. So once you complete the 3M task, okay, here's the flea market. It's unlocked for you. I think real money trading is, I think, a bigger issue that we don't realize. Because I can tell you guys right now, at least twice a week, I get an email. It doesn't matter if I block them or not. They always change it from a certain site. And they always say, we're looking to sponsor you. All you have to do is plug our website for real money for like like rubles for money and you know it doesn't matter how many times you email them back telling them to go f themselves or or whatever um now actually just a little inside baseball on this one little inside baseball so they're not getting any responses from us right like like no i'm telling you guys right now if you see a video on youtube that the the content creator themselves saying hey this stream this uh, video was sponsored by so and so just think about what that person's integrity like they're ruining the game. They're sponsoring to ruin the game. But now what they're doing, though, now you can't like unless they say it themselves. I just want to let you guys know what they're doing now is they're buying ads with Google. So they're playing before your escape from Tarkov videos. So they're they're loopholing it. So now you have to go to your AdSense. You have to block their their ads from being in your AdSense, but like that's how shifty they are, right? Like that's how much they probably make more money than we even know. Honestly, they they do. And and you know, BSG did talk about how they're going to have cell phone two-step authorization with the cell phone now soon. While well, they're looking into it, like COD did it, and um, yeah, PUBG went to that too. Like to play ranked mode, you have to you have to use your cell phone to verify. Yep, they just did that. Yep, really. You know, the Illuminati wants to come out and say, oh, they they don't care about cheaters. They want cheaters because then they have to buy another copy. They don't want them in their game. 
because everyone knows if you played this game a year ago before BattleEye, it was ridiculous. Like so many people were just not having a fun time because of how many cheaper cheaters were rampant. It was so, so obvious. And, and they want them out, guys. They, they want them out. I, I don't care who you are. If you actually think they want to get the quick, easy copies right now sold, you know, like they haven't worked on this game that long to just like. No. And, and Eric, I want to hear your feedback on the RMT piece and to see if it fits into your kind of thought press on this. But I want to plug this really quick. And it's not even a plug. I'll just summarize it. But on the Winter Winter podcast that Eric talked about, uh, for PUBG, right? We interviewed the developers and I asked them directly about cheating. And they both were just like, no, dude, it's just a conspiracy. Like, like people getting getting banned and then buying another copy, like they go find like ridiculously inexpensive copies from some random site or they find some way to buy like a Latin American key that's really cheap for some reason. And it, it doesn't make any money. They spend so much more money fighting cheats than they actually do make from them buying a new account like they don't make any revenue from it and it's like they just want to work on the game man and i'm sure it's the same with tarkov so if you're really curious how a developer feels about cheating um we can get you the timestamps on that you can go listen to it from you know probably the game that bans more users on steam than any other game but anyway that's an aside i was hopeful eric what do you think on this whole thing well obviously i don't want people to be cheating in the game i think that's pretty lame I think that they are driving demand for the RMT, though, with the design of the game. With the find and raid changes, I initially was very worried about them. I still don't like a couple of the things that go on. I'll say this. I think that if the flea market was available level one, there would be a lot less demand for real money traders in Tarkov. And I think that if there was a way to have logical progression where the task system taught you how to play the game instead of just threw you on customs and said, go kill people, if it taught you what different guns did through tasks, if it taught you the maps and how to get to the exfils through tasks, those kinds of things, you know, a lot of MMOs have those built into them, right? Because the whole goal is to get the person hooked on playing the game. So the first part of the game, whether it's designated as an official tutorial or not, is always a tutorial on how to play the game, right? If they had something like that and the flea market was available at level one so that your currency wouldn't be so really stretched and really, really hard to come by. Because the thing is, you have the traders, yes, but you're selling things to the traders for oftentimes like a third to 20% of what you can sell it on the flea market, even after you pay your deposit. And and that's what makes that whole system just so ridiculously punishing. I still don't understand the find and raid gamma choice. And before you yell at me about hatchet runners and all that stuff, I, I, I just don't agree, right? I don't agree that hatchet runners ruin the game. And it, it is what it is. It's my opinion. I, I think it doesn't ruin anything except for the top 1% of chads who are pissed that they can't have someone to shoot that shoots back. And I don't feel bad for them at all. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that gameplay style. And I just don't. I don't think it does anything negative. And we've already talked about that literally on XO for like seven hours. So if you want to get into more of that, <laughs> listen to the last four shows. <laughs> Do you actually think that level nine and under players are the RMT main source of income? I don't think so. I don't think that at all. I think I think that level nine and under players, I think there's two main two main groups. Okay. Level level nine and under people 
who are stuck at like level four and have no idea what's going on. They're they're out of money. They maybe don't know that you can go get the welfare AK. You know, they don't know how the game works, right? Yeah. And so they're like, I've played other games. And what did I do in the other games? I went to the gold trading site and bought my whatever currency for this game. And then I was able to just work my way through it and figure it out, right? There's people that do that. I'm not one of them, but I do know that that exists. Of course. I think there's another entire group of people who are like, somewhere in their mid to late 20s who, and I'm just going to be very blunt here, they want to be the streamers. And so they go to the real money trading system because they have to fund their kind of treadmill to try to keep up with something that they can never be or can't get to. I think that's probably the primary group of people that's buying. And I do think I do think there are some under nine. I just can't see under level nine and under people thinking more money, even though I just blew a ton of money being the the reason that I'm not level five. I got to respectfully just disagree because I think you are experienced enough and I think you are so far removed from what it was like to be level six and completely broke and have nothing. But that was only a, a year and a half ago for me, right? Like, uh, I, I was there and I did quit the game because I didn't know what I was doing. And that's why I make my YouTube videos, because I was that person that didn't know what the F was going on. And I wanted I wanted YouTube videos that spoke to me. And how was I going to make them? I was that person. You know, I was that person. But in my head, I never once thought RMT. Maybe that's just me then, right? Maybe that's just me. I never once thought RMT either, honestly. What my point is saying is I do believe there are people that go that route to solve their problem. And you're right. It may have only been a year and a half for you in normal human years, but in streamer years, you're like 400 years ahead of me, dude. <laughs> so it's just, it's, it's, it's a time sink thing when it comes to that. I'll be real honest, guys. I have a friend that I've been friends with for a long time and I'm not going to detail the relationship uh, so people can't figure it out. But I disagree completely. And every time this comes up, but I have somebody who will say, hey, I saw you playing this game. What's like a good amount of money right before they've even touched it? And I always know what they're asking. And it happens in World of Warcraft. It's happened in Diablo. It's happened in any game. It's happened in like even Overwatch or like anything that has some sort of like novelty aspect or currency aspect. They're like, what's the thing to have? And this individual makes a tremendous amount of money in what they do and they don't have a lot of time to game and they will go drop two or three hundred dollars no matter what on whatever game it is just so they can look like they've played and they know what they're doing. And they, they have like maybe five to 10 hours to play and they're, they're very good at games, but they don't have a ton of time to play. So they, that's how they level that gap is they look like they play all the time because they spend money. So I know somebody that does this and I hate it. I hate it, but they're not a bad person. They just are like, well, I don't have the time to keep up. So I'm going to pay to keep up and do whatever I want. You know, I watched a video and saw this crazy gun and I want that gun. So I'm going to pay to get there. Yeah, but think of it like this, though. The entire mobile gaming market is based on correct, this. Correct, correct. The entire free-to-play model is mm-hmm. is farm the whales, right? Yeah. You know, And we don't play those games in general because those aren't fun for people who really like games because we like the challenge of getting better and that we like the satisfaction of achieving the next level without cheating, right? But that's a choice that you make. And I think that it doesn't matter what the game is. There's There's a market for it, obviously. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it, you know? How about 
Okay, throwing this out there. How about if up until level 10, you could get XP boosts for Tarkov? Just like World of Warcraft, where if you're offline for a certain amount of time, you get an XP boost up until level 10. Like I said, up until you hit the flea market. So if you didn't play for two days or something, you're guaranteed two times XP for the first for the next four hours or something. I, I think that would help the people that can only play three to five hours out. I don't think so, though, because it doesn't teach them how to play the game. I think the game has a design problem. Well, obviously, because they even said they're going to start a tutorial like they're they're going to have a tutorial soon. They're doing that. I, I think the game is so behind on a lot of things. You know, I love that because people go to my YouTube for it, right? Like, I love that they don't have a tutorial. Thank you, because now my tutorial video does well, right? But I think they need it in the game. It's not like I don't want it in the game because of my views. I, I know we need it in the game, and I think they know that too. But this game, unfortunately, is kind of like World of Warcraft, not as much, because World of Warcraft has so many more developers, has so much more time, but you have to study it if you want to become good. That's the only way in this game. And, and you know what I mean? Like no one has that time to to read the wiki and figure stuff out like that. Well, uh, the other problem is that when they go persistent and when they don't have wipe cycles, if they choose to go that direction, the game needs the design and progression can't be like this. It won't work because you did make a great point, Geek, last time on the show where four weeks in, you're bored. And I mean, you represent a certain group of gamers, oh, just sure. like I represent a certain group yep. of gamers. And that's okay. We're both we're both right about that, right? So I mean, they shouldn't have it so that four weeks in, the casual gamer is level seven or level six, and you're level 45. I mean, that that's bad game design. There's got to be something in the middle there. I don't think, listen, I don't think it's level wise that it should be level seven and 45. I don't think it, it should be the levels. That is the huge thing. I think what we need to get down onto brass tacks about is what I was talking about before. And that is, it's too easy to farm these raiders. It's too easy to farm killer. They nerf killer. Sometimes he doesn't even have armor anymore now, or it's crappy or it's like level four armor. Uh, a lot of times he doesn't have Iggy pop now or Ignalox. Sorry, I call it Iggy pop ammo. <laughs> you know, like, I, I, these are the changes we need. We don't need, I don't think, the leveling system. I think what we need change is things need to become so much more rare. Like the Reap IR, you can't find it in Raid anymore. I am so happy for this. I'm kind of at the point of like, if you can't find it in Raid, why have it in the game then? You know what I mean? Like, why, are, why, like, why is it even in the game then if it's so many people are disliking it because four days in I died from a reap. I knew I died from a reap. I, you, you know, when you play like a nighttime map on woods and you're like, okay, how, uh, you know, the only way, the only way you got me here was a reap or a flirt here, buds. What's the point of having these items in the game? You know what I mean? Or make it, like I said before, make it like this so rare. It's like the T seven, the T seven it's like 10 million or, or 15 million rubles or whatever it is, make these things that rare because they want to put in like the EOTech Reapire version. You know what I mean? It's it's like a it's like a PKO six version, but a little bigger, right? Why do you want to put these things in that that the community's complained about? But anyways, that's neither here nor there. What I want to complain about right now <laughs> is I think ammo up until above probably BT for five for five, say above M80 above you know like probably ps762 like i want to see scarcity i want to see like i want to see those gong show of a fights where you can survive longer than a second 
longer than four days. You know what I mean? Like I, I just, I really think the issue with the game right now is how once you start steamrolling, you can just go to labs and start steamrolling again. And then you can go to reserve and start steamrolling and getting stuff again. I think the game is in a sweet spot where there's like level four armor. It seems to me like it's it's pretty fair. Even if you are a very skilled FPS player, just a normally skilled FPS player still has a chance, right? It seems like it's in a good spot where, like you said, exa- I completely agree with you. The, the fights last longer. You're not one shot, you know, tap, tap, dead or whatever. It has to do with ammo. It has to do with ammo. Yep, and you have a chance, like in general, you have a chance to f- see where the where the person's shooting at you from. It makes the game more fun, right? Versus yeah. just bam, I'm dead. Next. Well, the, the whole reason I want to get to level forty right now, why I'm kind of like I want to get to forty, is because I want gazelle armor so I can get level five armor because it's ninety thousand rubles, which isn't that much once you're there, right? It's not that much. It's over level four because right now I'm rocking level four all the time. I'm getting smashed because everyone's using, you know, I saw someone using a vow of BPMO this early and I was like, what? Like that, like that is just insane to me. That's insane to me. Thanks for reminding me. I got to go craft my BP. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, give her, <laughs> if, if, you know, it's, it's an easy craft too, right? It's yeah. a pretty easy craft right away. Um, nine, nine, five is a pretty easy craft right away. You know, I just feel like ammo is right now. I'm not going to tell you how to fix the game with ammo. I'm not going to tell you. All I know is scarcity needs to be a thing because right now the only reason I'm pushing to 40 is so I can go buy level five armor so I can survive a little more with these gunfights now. Well, and I want to come back because it's really easy to pick on an individual system. We can say ammo, you know, from Geek, your perspective. And Eric, you can say armor from your perspective. Mm-hmm. And and someone could say, well, currency from my perspective. And I could say, well, task progression or unlocks or trader availability, whatever it is. And you guys were dancing around this point that I think really needs to get discussed. And it's not so much the spread of players. I think it's how... MMOs manage the spread of players. And so I'm going to I'm going to throw a system out there and I want to see if you guys think this would work in Tarkov because this is something that the biggest MMO ever created does, right? I'm talking about World of Warcraft and it doesn't matter the game in today's culture with Twitch, with YouTube, with how big gaming is as a platform, you are going to have people that do it professionally. You're going to have non-professionals that quote unquote know life the game. You're going to have people that play very little. You're going to have everything in between, right? And we represent, us three represent a pretty cool mix, right? But look at WoW, right? When new content gets released, there's this gated feature where they release a raid and you can only unlock a certain amount of pvp gear or some of it needs to get crafted but basically there is a time window that you can progress so far and then you have to wait till the content comes out and then you have a certain number of weeks where that content's available and you can gear up rank up get the reputation unlocks whatever there's usually a grind there's usually a you know group encounter to unlock stuff and then there's usually a pvp encounter which could be more solo or it could be done in a group but they gate content versus just saying okay here's the wipe everything is in which creates no matter how you slice it the gap is going to just keep getting crazier and crazier as people get better and better at the game on the hardcore side and, and that's really hard to manage if there's no gating. And it's like, we can look at ammo, yeah. We can look at armor, yeah. But I, I 
just don't look at Reapers, dude. They made Reapers really hard to get this wipe. But on day four, you still got killed by one. And so I don't think there's enough they can do just on single individual systems to say, oh yeah, well, we're just going to make this 3 million rubles to get a Reaper. The hardcore guys had 3 million rubles really, really fast. How would you gate it though? How would you, would you be like only level two therapist and about oh, only level two traders and stuff that's level two traders in the game? Like, what would you do? That I'm, I'm asking the question because I think the concept that WoW employs has worked for a very long time in MMOs. I don't necessarily know how to gate it. That's why I wanted to ask you guys. And you just brought something up that maybe that could work. I, that's what I wanted to talk about and bring the constructive side to it to say, okay, what could be done? to gate players, whether hardcore or casual, to spread the content out and keep the gap a little closer. It doesn't need, mean that everybody needs to be on an exactly level playing field. That's not what people want in a game like this. They want to work for their advantages, but they also don't want to log in and be on day four of a wipe and they just got to play this weekend and boom, they got shot in nighttime woods, one shot headshot from 300 meters away. People always ask me this. Should we make like lobbies that are one to 10 or solo only and then you know, groups, but that's not smart. The group thing isn't smart. Solos against groups. It, 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 it isn't only because eventually the, the game, at least this one, it does get uh, the population that plays it becomes very low eventually that it would just you're segregating your audience into two different camps. Right. And then you're really not finding people. And it's really difficult right now, especially with the ping lock happening. There's ping lock. So there's certain people I can't even play with anymore. You know what I mean? Like if you have over 150 ping, even though I want to play with my buddy over, say, in Australia or something, I can't play with them now. Right. So I, I think segregating everyone into this. But like, so what would you do? You, you'd make like in, in my head. OK, so labs isn't available to level 40, but people are still getting to level 40 in three or four days. So that's really not a helpful gate or wall. You know what I mean? Like, yep. Like, okay, oh, uh, after a week, you can go into reserve. After two weeks after that, you can go into labs. And and you wouldn't hear the end of people being upset about that, right? Like, I, I don't know what you could do to put I, up a wall to that. I'll be honest with you, man. Your first idea there, the locking the traders for a certain amount of time, like, imagine this. Imagine that for the first seven days of the wipe, everybody was locked to maximum level two traders. And then after the second week, you could go to level three. After the week three, you could go to level four. Right now, where we are in the wipe right now, we would still have people at the same progression they are now. Maybe not as high of a level, but we would still have people there. But that gap would be a lot closer during the first couple weeks. And maybe that's too quick of a timeline. I don't know. But that was a really interesting thought because it would... You know, what What? What the current system right now does is it doesn't allow any sort of planning. It's like, oh, wipe hits, uh, play when you can. <laughs> you know, what World of Warcraft has perfected is a weekly reset of high tier loot encounters or a certain number of points that you can earn in a week. And it allows for planning, right? It's like, okay, resets on Tuesdays. So you normally have raid teams that run a couple nights a week, or you have a PVP group that farms up their points a couple nights a week. And it allows people to do other things, experience more parts of the game, play other games, that kind of stuff, which I'm not saying people should go play other stuff from Tarkov, but that model seems to work. Yeah, that model does work because they have more than eight maps. You know what I mean? Like Tarkov, in the end, isn't that big of a game. It has 
I don't know how many eight maps. How many maps is that? I don't know off the top of my head. Eight or nine? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Anyways, so you know, there's so much to do in World of Warcraft. There's so much stuff that you can do that doesn't really affect PvP, and it's World of Warcraft really isn't a PvP based game either. It is PVE. There is a big difference there. And the other thing is, like, I don't know. Would you lock tasks then, or? Would you just like we're thinking too much, but I don't, no, I, I don't, I don't think, think we are. I think it's a good thought experience to say, yeah, would it work? How could you accomplish it? Does it actually fix this perceived problem that we have? I think what would work is just nerfing what you can get. I think this all comes down to them having the best of the best and it being not uncommon for them to get it day four, day three. You know, I went to labs day one level three and i found a key card so i was like okay i'm going in because i know not many people will have it at all i was by myself farmed raiders i had a bunch of stuff i'm not the type of person to bring that stuff in though i like to hoard that kind of stuff for to use never you know i still have that mentality sometimes you know i had a tv 110 rig at level three and instead of using it i was like save you for level 20. you know like that was just how i am but or I'll use it as storage or something. But, you know, I did have good ammo from it. And all I did was I waited and I sold it to get money. Right. I didn't use it when I probably should have um, to get me more ahead to get, you know, better stuff. I think the gate should be it's it, level four armor is now kind of like, whoo, you got level four armor. That's sick. Like, that's awesome. Instead of being like, I need to find myself some gazelles that are level five. And I also need to find some Gen 4s very soon. I need to go kill Killa so I can get his level 6 or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just think the big turning point is there's still weak points on PMCs. They're like, so it doesn't matter if you're fighting a juggernaut. If you know, you know, your ammo can still destroy their legs. That's where you're aiming for. So it's not like, you know, if you fight a juggernaut, you're always going to lose, you know, or yeah, you're always going to lose. Yes, they have the upper hand, like, but it doesn't mean you're going to lose. And that's why when people say, what's the best blah, blah, blah here, blah, blah, blah. It's like it, that does not matter most of the time, especially if you don't know the game. Right. I know in other games it does. You know, my my new um, analogy for this game is golf because I just started recently golfing and it doesn't matter how good you are at other sports. It doesn't transfer to golf. Golf is totally different. And that's how I feel with Tarkov with FPSs. It, you know, yes, you could play as many FPSs and stuff, and you could be kind of good at the, the FPS part of Tarkov, but really that that's a very small portion in reality of like knowledge to know what kind of ammo to use, knowing what time of armor to use, knowing what guns to use. You know what I mean? Like that's the analogy I'm using. It's just like golf. You know, it doesn't matter how many FPSs you use. You, you really do have to research and look at this crazy spreadsheet of ammo to even know what will do somewhat decent damage and why. But I, th I think in the end of the day, I think locking labs, you know, locking labs would be really good. And they'll do that once streets come out, because apparently you're going to have to go through streets to get to labs. I don't know if anyone knows that it hasn't been talked about for a while. But to get into labs, you're going to need to go into streets. I don't know how that's going to work. If if the timer will reset when you get in there or if it'll be consistent. So you have to run anyways. But I think I, I think the the big thing is it should feel like level four armors, the shit for a long, long time. That's how I feel. I, I feel like that should be the gate or the wall or whatever you want to call it, you know, because like Ronald said, that is that's when fights are still kind of fun and juicy, you know? Yeah, I think uh, you both made a lot of good points. I'll add something a little bit different to it. I do think that 
geek your idea about locking labs is a good one. I think maybe instead of locking it completely, maybe it's a limit. So you only can do it once a week or twice a week or something like that. Make it make the loot value really high, actually, but make the amount of tries really low. Not centered around an item that you have to get or you can buy or whatever, but centered around a hard gate. I think the game needs some other things to keep you wanting to play. I think if you put a hard gate on loot so like if you get into a situation where you say okay we're gonna hard gate level three armor this week the next week we're gonna hard gate level four armor and then we're gonna open up level five armor i don't think tarkov today has enough incentive to keep people playing i think people would stop playing once they hit that that gate it's like the reason that they open up all of the items and the wipe day one to me is that the way the game is structured, you would really lose your incentive to play because that's what happens to all the high-end players, right? They burn out after four weeks because they've gotten everything and done everything. And then it just comes down to gameplay or repeatability of gameplay that for some people is great. They're okay with that and others they're not. So and the other thing what Tarkov could do, and here's my proposal to, to kind of add to the replayability of the game without destroying the balance of the game is they could add additional systems. And this is comes from more of the MMO side, not the FPS side. But what if they had daily tasks, weekly tasks, and side progression systems? Say you're a bear or a USEC and you leveled a reputation with the bear or the USEC as you did these weekly and daily kind of side progression tasks that are outside of the normal XP tasks and trader tasks. And then once you hit a certain reputation point, say that the bear, the USEC, they have a, a cash spawn point that they leave for you because you're part of the same faction and they want to help you in a raid or whatever, you know, like some kind of thing that you get for leveling your allegiance to your side. So that, I mean, things like that are what add replayability to the game. I think on a very basic level, I agree with both of you that something has to be there to keep people incentivized to keep grinding and pushing but that gap gets farther and farther and farther and i guess it would be really interesting and we'll never know this but because they would never tell us this but it would be very interesting to see a data breakdown of player and level at this point player level and maybe a number of tasks completed because i think all three of our experiences in tarkov are very different which leads to very different perceptions of what is right and what is wrong with the game because like you guys are saying everyone's max level this is crazy and i'm not experiencing that i think because of our different play styles and maybe different amount of time or whatever it is we're just experiencing tarkov differently and so it would be really interesting to have like real data to see if people actually do rush through it and and they get to end game fast or if it's a small group of people like i'd be really curious you know what i mean yeah and you said something there that i you said two things there actually that really jumped out to me and one is that would be fascinating data like not even i wouldn't even need to know the numbers but even if it was a percentage breakdown right like they don't need to share their daily active users or whatever that is. That's that's great data for them. But the percentage breakdown of, you know, task completion percentage, what level they are, you know, what rep they have, who knows, that would be fascinating data to see. Um, but the other thing you talked about was that, you know, maybe having labs be like once a week. And again, we could we could go through these like crazy ideas of how to time gate stuff. And 
I'm really going to ask anybody who's listening or watching, like, you know, regarding the gating of content or spreading it out or finding a good way that helps the entire player base, if there is a solution for that, if you have an idea on that, definitely hit it in the episode feedback. But the one that jumped into my mind was, you know, we talked about how you know, WoW is it is a more of a PvE game and there is a PvP aspect and Tarkov is definitely a PvP game. But what if you could do a weekly offline raid of one of each map or maybe there was a couple maps that you could do a weekly offline raid and you could pull the loot out, right? I mean, there's things that could be done or tested or tried that who knows what effect they would have, right? And again, there'd be videos on how to min-max the loot and which map to do and why to do it and so forth, but there's already a gate on the value you could get out and you would still have to survive because you're gated by how much room you have to go in. And So there's all kinds of cool ways they could go with this and they could even add a PvE element or why wouldn't they add in PvE encounters that are super hard, you know, or or something like well, that. They're, like they're, they're, they're adding stuff like that, like the helicopter crash that's coming to streets and i do want to i want to talk about that stuff coming up but to wrap this up in a bow what i do want to say is i'm still enjoying myself you know it doesn't matter what's happening in the end i'm still the game's still great you know what i mean the game there's nothing that scratches the tarkov itch for me like tarkov but again i will say this for the millionth time and i've said it probably here if you don't think there is someone that's like a maybe not a triple a studio but a double a studio that is trying to make the next Tarkov, they see how much success they're having and what they're doing. You are crazy. It's coming. You know what I mean? Like, like it's coming. I guarantee you in the next two years, we're going to have a Tarkov clone and it's going to be really interesting to see how other people do this. Right. Running but completely from Kartov. Yeah. yeah, completely. And I also want to kind of say the same thing. Like I actually, Aside from the first level, 1 to 10, after I got to 10, I'm having the most fun ever that I've had playing Tarkov now. It's interesting. I I like the way you say it, Geek. Nothing scratches the Tarkov itch like Tarkov. Mm -hmm. You can't really... This game is so unique and so different than everything else right now, anyways, that it's hard to really play anything like it. So I want to be positive on it, too. I'd say I'm very overall, I'm very positive on, I'll say, the direction, even with these things that we've kind of laid out that we're talking about. I still am positive on the changes. And so, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm happy with the direction that's going. Yeah, and I am too, man. Like, I've been playing just the absolute crap out of this game the last few weeks. And I, uh, you know what, I'm struggling and enjoying the struggle in so many things. Like, I didn't know which traders sold what. I knew which ones were the best to sell certain stuff to, but I didn't know where the attachments came from. And I wish I would have thought to reset my account right after the wipe came because I got absolutely destroyed by having everything examined. Because really, why is that? I, I went into the presets to build guns and I didn't know what unlocked when and where to get it. So mm. I'm trying to build an ADAR and just get a low profile gas block and a and a foregrip on it. And I have access to everything that I had last wipe. And I don't know what's available from when and for who and what's rare and what's not because I had access to everything. Because I was a market player to an extent, and I got to the point where I had 20 million rubles and I couldn't ever go below that. So like anything I wanted, I would literally just build in the preset and go buy. I didn't care how much it was. And so I got absolutely destroyed when I had to modify 
in the mid game and it made me learn a lot. And I actually love it because now I'm like, okay, I know that Peacekeeper sells that that low profile gas block. That's awesome. And I learned how to mod guns a lot better and I'm really enjoying it. And I used so many more scopes this wipe than I ever used in the last one. And I like the um the prism, for example, I've fallen in love with that scope. And frankly, I didn't even look twice at it last wipe. So I don't know, man, I, the PVP that's gone on. And, you know, I don't know that I've ran into a thermal user yet. I love Woods. Woods is so fun right now. How fun is Woods? Oh, right now, dude. Eh? Oh, dude. Woods it's so is fun. so much fun without thermals right now. Later on, it's going to be a gong show and you won't <laughs> want to play it. But, you know, you brought up a good point. There's two things you brought up that I want to talk about. Actually, one is Woods. That It's so fun, right? Like it's. It's crazy how much fun it is. It's terrifyingly fun. (laughs) Yeah. But but you brought up a a really good point. One thing that I noticed that needs to get put in the game, and if I ever have a one-on-one with Nikita or if I'm ever in a podcast, I'm going to ask about this because I think it would help so many people out and so many new players. There has to be a checkbox when you're doing a preset for only available in your vendors because I ran into the same issue. I was like, I do like I would just build something and be like, I think this is crappy enough that I might have it and then be like, no, I don't. Okay, I don't have those pieces. So I think for the newer players, especially, I think the preset menu with only having available items in your traders, unlocked traders and not not that you could trade for them. I'm not talking about that garbage. I'm talking about outright buying them. That should be a preset. Like I only want to see the like the attachments. Yeah, just that a toggle, right? right? Like a yeah, checkbox. I just want, yeah, yeah, just checkbox. They can do it. You can do it with just what you have currently. So what you have in your inventory, you can do it, which is good too. But I want to know traders only up until the level. I want to build that gun, right? Yeah. Because right now it's just it's just like, do I have this unlocked? It's just a roll of the dice, right? Right. So, so you guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna drive this show now. Watch me be the driver, man. <laughs> I was actually going to make, I really regret not making my tinfoil hat for uh, <laughs> for Ronald today. I got to get it on. Anyways, but they did release the new uh, little teaser yes. on uh, Streets of Tarkov. What did you guys think? I got major Call of Duty vibes in a good way. I love city fighting in Call of Duty, but there's there's so much like Tarkov in it. You know, but it, it's so, I don't know, man, like the, the thought of having true like city battles, it's kind of like the reason I love Interchange, you know, you kind of have the the shops that have a name. And, and when I'm watching the Streets of Tarkov preview, it was like, oh man, the buildings are going to get certain names and there's going to be these fights like across the street. And I don't know, man, it just looks really, really good. Yeah, I'm actually super excited. I, I like the graphics in Cityscapes. So I like fighting in Cityscapes in general. I thought it was really interesting what they decided to show. So, you know, they purposely showed you spawning kind of in a central square. So you can kind of see like how things are going to develop there. And then they went, I think, three floors into a building on purpose to kind of show that these skyscrapers, you're going to be able to go v- high up into them, which actually has a lot of potential to be really interesting, right? It's like, what if there's tasks on the roofs of a really high building? And what if there's exfills that are like in weird places on like the 30th floor or something? 
you know, loot rooms, those kinds of things. It's it's going to be a little bit of the rinse and repeat of the sound of like resort and dorms probably to a certain extent. But I, I think they're going to add a lot more dynamic in scenery for one thing. But also, did you notice they turned the light on to mm-hmm. go walk down that hallway? The apartment, they turned the lights on to the apartment. Yeah, yeah, and so like the the environmental pieces that they can actually work with, and you know that are not necessarily sound based or letting someone know that you're there, but more just kind of like a puzzle solving type thing could be kind of interesting too. I mean, I don't know if they'll end up doing that, but like I, I like that idea because, like you said, puzzle solving it it would be kind of good if if you can't shut it off though. I don't want to be able to shut it off, right? You should be able to turn it on. And then, like, if you're across the way and you see the light on into the good loot room, you're like, okay, someone's there or someone's, like, was there, right? Like, that would be really cool. You, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so I think I think a lot of that kind of thing has some real potential. There's the helicopter crashing thing, which maybe you want to talk about a little bit. There's also some other options. I mean, any kind of a vehicle or any kind of a um, scenario-generated random thing that can happen inside of the map during the raid time could be really, really interesting. So I don't know. I, I I actually thought it was really cool. I'm pretty stoked. So just a FYI, I did do a breakdown video of this whole uh, of this whole thing on my YouTube. So I go, you know, I, I like the first thing that I noticed right away was the, the pirate flag that was in the archway. There was like a pirate flag right there in the middle. And I thought that really set the tone of this map. You know, what I mean, like this is overran by bad guys. You know what I mean? Like this city is overtaken by the baddies like don't come in here i really liked that 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 was right there front and center when he was going under i don't know why but i caught that caught my eye right away the other thing i i I really liked was that when you went into the apartment the apartment looked like it was just like it could have been like like someone could have lived there probably a month and a half ago you know what i mean like i we've never seen an apartment that looked like We've never seen a, a living quarters or anything that looked that nice. And like, it looked like a really good, nice place. You know what I mean? Like, we've never seen that in Tarkov. Tarkov's always been desolate and just like destroyed. And, you know, even like when you go into a resort, it's like nothing's nice in there. You know what I mean? Where this was, it was like, oh, nice new like painting. Like they just painted the walls like that nice moody black. And, you know, there's a bunch of loot everywhere. You're right. I really like them flicking on the switch. Um, there's going to be like rumor has it that 40 players. Awesome. Like that's, that's what I think he said. 40 players. It's gotta be huge, man. It it has to be massive. Like the X fills. How are those going to work? You know, I'm kind of worried that that's just going to be the map then. You know what I mean? That's what kind of worries me too, is the map's going to be so good. Everyone's going to be like, why play any other map? Like, unless you have to do a task because this is the map now. I'm going to love this map. I'm going to like day one. I didn't do this with reserve because reserve didn't really resonate with me. I could say like, I didn't, you know, I didn't like the chess pieces, how everything's chess pieces. I didn't like that. Um, I just didn't feel like it was real to me. I didn't feel like reserve was, was there. And I still don't. Um, but I feel like this map's going to, you know, with the, all the cool stuff, like the plane crash and it's going to be like, you know, maybe Raiders come out and they're protecting something, you know, kind of like division. Right. Remember in division, like, oh, the chest is here, but there's a lot of good baddies. You know, you better be careful. Right. Like it's going to be that kind of scenario. Right. I I think there's two bosses too. just let you know there is supposed to be two bosses on this map. I'm just worried that there's going to be so much cool and fun and and crazy stuff on this one map that they're going to have to overhaul every other map now. 
But that could happen, though. You you could easily see them add uh, interaction or events that are triggerable mm-hmm. onto other maps. I mean, that's not that far out, given what all the other maps do. I mean, like, like imagine on customs, you could see all of a sudden, like, uh, you know, a, a car or a truck or something driving in through one of the entrances, right? You know, mm-hmm. blowing through and in scavs popping out, having some kind of an event. I think, I think the game is really in a good spot where that could be the next stage of development. Adding these kind of events that happen would really add a new dynamic to all the different maps, whatever context it would be for given the type of terrain and whatever is going on there now. So that's why I think they're going to try this and see how it goes. And I would not be surprised if we don't see that added to other places in the game as well. What one of the best things they did add to like some of the, like the interchange update was alarms, but like the, the interactivity to maps. I like that since reserve, they've added like the alarms now, the power station, they add like the key card in the urinal. Like I like that interactiveness in a map where you need something and then you have to go somewhere else. Like the killer room and everything's kind of whatever, like it's not worth it, but the extracts there, which is cool. Yeah, I feel like they're going to have to polish it. But the thing that I think I, I really, I really took away from this presentation was afterwards they talked about this year, how this was coming. They didn't say next year. You know, Nikita was, so he said, this is coming later in the year, but then he got asked, well, what's the next update coming? And they said 12.7, which is going to add skill rework. And that's something we can talk about. German getting added or not? Is this German? No, it's the shoreline boss. No, no. Yeah, shoreline boss, not Sturman. Uh, It's, um, uh, what's his name? Anyways, he's getting added. He's a medic. The medic guy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sorton? Someone's yelling right now into their phone. Oh, at me. they're. <laughs> oh, definitely. And and this is like the boss I'm most looking forward to. And they actually talked about how he was going to work. Um, and then the other one was the customs map update. And I really want to talk about all this stuff because I think it's really... sanitar. Sanitar. Yeah, kind of like minotaur. Sanitar. So skill rework. Do you think they're going to put everyone back down to one? <sighs> For this, for streets? No, no, no. 12.7 isn't streets. 12.7 is customs, sanitar, and skill rework. So they're reworking all the skills. Man. They have to, right? They have to. Like, how would they be able to test this stuff if they don't? Does that mean it's six months, though? Or, like, how long? I don't know. I don't know. I think think 12.7 is next month. And you think they're going to do a wipe? No, no, not a wipe. I think they're going to wipe skills, maybe. Certain skills. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> really you think you think it's coming in that early yes i do i think it's it, it, it's if not end of august by the end of august latest latest i think the mid wipe resetting of skills is one of the biggest mistakes they made last wipe i think if they're gonna do that they should just do a wipe because it it, it oh man i mean the the mid wipe resetting of skills, I really suffered from that mm-hmm. because my strength mm-hmm. got reset yeah, right before yeah. I needed it. And well, how else are they going to test them though? Like in my head, I just don't know how you would test this stuff. I feel like they could. There's so many people that would probably if they're like, hey, we need people to reset their account to test these out. People are going to do it. Yeah. And there's yeah, enough true. people that are low level still that don't have endurance level 20 already 
I don't know, man. I just, I don't see that being a good change. If they're changing the skill entirely and replacing it, sure. But if they're just saying like, hey, we redid endurance, if endurance is getting a different uh, scale or different mastery skill or whatever, I don't see how it hurts them to have people all over the place with that skill if it's the same name. Now, if they're saying, you know what, endurance is no longer going to be a thing, it's now going to be some other thing and it's completely different, I guess I could see that. But there's a lot of people that were grinding out strength and endurance and you know there's people doing that right now. And furthermore, the person that gets to, you know, 1.9 out of level two, you know, 99% to level two strength for the hideout and they reset this, that person is struggling to get motivated to play again. I just don't know why they think this is an okay thing to do. It doesn't make any sense. That makes sense. I'm curious also, I don't know if you guys know this, if you go, if if you learned about this, but uh, bears and usacks are supposed to get different skills. So they get their own skills. So bears are going to be more skillful with AKs, USEX with like uh, ARs. And they also have some that I I brought them up here because I I wanted to talk about them. But like there's one called bear assault operations, one called bear authority, bear heavy caliber and bear raw power. And then you got the USEC AR systems, USEC deep weapon modding, USEC long range optics. USEC negotiations and USEC tactics. So I'm curious if they're going to add these things right now too, like these special perks for being either a bear or a USEC. I mean, other games do this. They're called racial traits in World of Warcraft, for example. And so you you, you pick a you pick a, a a race and you pick a specialization and you get something unique to that. In this particular case, you're picking a specialization, either bear or USEC. As long as they're balanced. You know, they're equal That's, but opposite. Yeah, but that you know how things are right away here. I think it would be really well received and actually a very interesting addition to the game. Somewhere along one of those ideas of the alternative system, you know, mm-hmm. complementary system that we could put in the game to make it more replayable. I actually think it's a great idea. I, I think adding that stuff in doesn't hurt at all. Um, I get concerned about the wiping of skills without doing a full wipe, especially if it's next month. That's really early to me. You know, a month or two months in. I don't know. I, I just I do like the idea of having the racials or the class based stuff though, because right now it's just kind of like, do you want to understand your voice lines or not? <laughs> you know, there's no. I'm excited for the broken English r- <laughs> right. Uh, bear. Right. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, I, I think you, you do have a good point, Trigger, about the class or the skill or whatever getting wiped. I, it, it just is one piece of it because that doesn't feel good, right? So the, the gamer part of it, if you take anything away during the middle of before the major resets, you can't really take it away. You have to, It has to be a plus or really a leave it alone until the next time you do the big wipe. I just, I think they made a lot of people upset with the skills wipe and they... Yeah definitely saw a drop off in players and those are players that invested a lot of time in their game and they don't want to do that well, again. And that's the immediate hit, right? It's the immediate hit to the people who had already invested a lot of time in the game. And then there's this slow burn. The person who is working on their hideout and then three weeks from now, you know, they're working on level two intelligence center or whatever it is. And then they're like, what? The skill is at 0.02? 
Like, you know what I mean? It's that person four weeks later, three weeks later, that's just like, how did this happen? Not everybody reads the patch notes. People aren't even going to yeah. realize this happens. And that's the thing that's so challenging in this. And from the dev perspective, I get it. You put something new in the game, you want to change it, and you want people to experience it and test it out. But there's a huge chunk of the player base that doesn't read patch notes. They don't know anything in the game until they go in and experience it. And some of that's not going to happen for weeks or months. And they're going to be like, wait, what? How? How is my skill so messed up? And that's when they get upset. I just, I don't see how this is good for the players or the game to do mid-wipe reset. And that's, that's really my only thought on it. They may do it because they've done it before, but I just don't know how thought through that is. Um, uh, another thing they brought up was customs is now going to be 30 to 40% bigger. I did think about it, and I think everyone in their minds thinking landmass, but I, I don't think it's landmass at all. I think what it's going to be is a lot more buildings you can explore, a lot of underground. It's not 30 to 40% landmass wise, it's 34% explorable area, you know, because that's quite a chunk. That's a big chunk. I think either way, that's good though. I've actually grown from like detesting customs last wipe because I just didn't know the map. I didn't have the map knowledge to this wipe, like really enjoying it. But I'm well aware that I'm a PVP seeker. Like I am looking for PVP. I'm looking for places to go to fight. And the people that I talk to that really detest customs are the ones that are like, I got to do tasks there and I want to get out. And customs is notorious for like, you know, getting seven kills or however many it is in dorms and all of these dorms related tasks. So it would be really cool if, like you said, if they add more explorable buildings and maybe some landmass and maybe remove some pressure off of the choke points, you know, but if they add in more explorable dorms that maybe help out with those tasks, so it's not everybody running to the one set of dorms, maybe they add in another set that works for that task or there's a lot they can do on that map to ease it up because it is heavy early task progression oriented and then you know near the mid game or however you want to catalog it like you have to go back and do a lot of tasks in one area and it's hot man it gets really spicy and again I love that because I like the PvP but I, I I think it's good timing for them to update customs. Yeah customs can be punishing especially if you don't know what you're doing you know and you don't understand especially in this game sound is such a big deal. So if you don't know the sounds early on you could be playing the fps part of it correct but you make a mistake with sound you don't understand how much sound running or that bush really does make and how far you can really hear that and so customs can be a little punishing with that but i'm almost going to say that this time around i actually am really enjoying customs as well and it's maybe for different reasons it's not necessarily because of the running in for the pvp but just because of the availability of like, let me just describe it like this. I'm enjoying it because the choke point actually creates availability of people for me to snipe, <laughs> which means you can run in for PvP if you want that. But because of the choke points, I can also sit on the rocks and I can pick people off all day long and come out of there with 10 or 11 kills in the XP from that. And so I think it all comes down to having the right strategy. Geek said it all, you know, two hours ago, whatever, in this show is that if you have map knowledge, you can create strategy. So going into that map, that map knowledge really helps you be successful. And I think that it just comes down to just having map knowledge. Yeah, I, I think like uh, with with this, um, with customs, it's, it's a weird one where, you know, later on, unless you're there, you're there for three reasons most of the time, right? Task, marked room, boss. You know, those are the big three things that bring you there. It's not loot. 
you're not looting really, you know, customs. There's not a lot of high value loot or anything. That's a good point. So I, I want them to now have this explorable area so that there's more stuff to, there's going to be more locked rooms, maybe some more cool things that are kind of like resort in there that'll have some high value stuff and, and it'll open it up. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm super, I, I'm super hopeful. And I think it'll bring a lot of people back to at least try it out because we'll need that in a month or two. I really do. I think a lot of people will drop off soon. See, and I think you can add a fourth reason to go to customs, which is a non-traditional way to play. I go to customs because I'm farming the people that are doing the first three. <laughs> I've been going to I've been going to customs with just a Mosin, and I've been just ruining people's days. And, it, <laughs> and it's 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 fun to me because I don't necessarily care about task progression. I'm just looking for XP, and so I farm the people who are looking for the boss. I farm the people go, coming out of dorms. I think you can have a fourth way of playing it, you know, if you think about it outside of just pure chatism. Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, I think surviving is key, right? I mean, I, I've I've become more and more okay with this thought of surviving is the way, like, you know, I come from just a heavy FPS background and Geek, you said it before that, you know, all the FPS skill in the world, it's kind of like golf, right? You, you come in and it, and it doesn't really matter. Like, certainly there are some skills and game sense things that you bring over, but this game's different. And I've had to become more and more in tune with that surviving is the way, you know, so it, it really doesn't matter what way you go into a map. If you're looking at surviving, especially in this current iteration of the find and raid patch, as I'm sure it will become known as in the future. But I go on factory to farm players and not do tasks. And you're finding that same success on customs. I think that's awesome. I think some people find that same success on labs or woods or, you know, I, I know people that play woods all patch long. It's their map. And I'm like, I don't know how you do that because once the thermals come in, it's crazy. But I, I think that's perfectly good. And I, I love that reason because I think we all have that home map. Like Geek, I know yours is shoreline, right? You're very mm -hmm. at home at the resort. And I call it home. I yeah. call it home. So there's, yeah. the, but there's <laughs> a like, point where home. you're like, home. I probably am just going here because you like the PVP. You like the layout. You like the interaction, the loot, whatever it is. But there's a point where you no longer have tasks there and you're just going there. So I, I, Eric, I don't think that's a uncommon or bad reason to go there. I think it's great. I I'm just really starting to get comfortable moving across all of customs. So I I haven't really got into the, you know, I'm going to hang out and know where people come and go. Um, that's cool. I like that. Uh, speaking of Shoreline, though, I'm doing your job for you guys. Uh, Sanitar is <laughs> coming. And, uh, you know, what he talked about with Sanitar is he's going to be a, a very different boss. Uh, he's not going to be kind of at your, he's not going to be that killer or that glue har that goes at you. He's going to be, you know, more, he's going to be able to heal your other opponents and he's going to be able to loot stashes. That was a weird one that he said. He's going to be able to loot stashes. I didn't catch so, that. So he's going to be able to be full of loot when you kill him. I don't know. He just said he, he's going to have the ability to, to loot his minions or whatever. So it sounds like he's going to have bodyguards and he's also going to have the ability to loot stashes. So it sounds like the longer shoreline goes on and the longer you don't find him and you just let him go, the more loot he might have on him because he's searching all the stashes, which means a he's roaming now because everyone <laughs> thought because he was everyone thought because they did the pier uh, update. So there's like, you know, there's a whole bunch of stretchers there now, the ambulance and then they thought he's going to spawn at the pier or the resort or also maybe 
the village. I think they they updated a little bit of village. So they were thinking those three places, but it sounds like those are like where he starts. And then he's just going with his bodyguards maybe and going through the map. So the longer you don't find him, the better because the more loot he's going to have on him. Oh man, that actually sounds really fun. Now what's really going to be interesting though is the amount of craziness that's going to happen if let's say two or three two-man teams find him and you're a solo player and you find him and you're in the middle of the woods somewhere in shoreline, right? In that top left corner, you're in the swamp trying to figure it out and fight it out. Sounds like a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. That's that's actually cool, man. I love the patrolling boss stuff. Like, I've gotten wrecked by Rashala, like when he spawns by that sniper tower near gas station. You know, and like they spawn in and they're roaming, yeah. they're walking to yeah. gas station. Like I've been at the UN truck there, just happened a few days ago, and they spawn in and I just get naded. <laughs> I'm like, what happened here? Oh, it was Raiders. Gotcha. But the idea of the roaming boss and more than just like they spawn and go to an area, but actually roaming the map, that sounds so cool and terrifying, right? Like you're not going to be safe just hugging the wall. Like you, <laughs> you may stumble upon a boss. Like how cool is that? I'm just I'm just yeah. excited for Shoreline. That's all. Yeah, go on. Sorry. Oh, I I still love Shoreline. It's actually yeah. still my favorite map by far. I just have come to appreciate customs and factory from the perspective of just getting better at playing the game. So I want to make that clear to everybody. I mean, Shoreline's still my jam. So I still go back there probably fifty percent of the time for sure, just to relax. I I think there's so much opportunity there, right? There's there you can go out in the field, rat and just like hide yourself or you could go look for pvp that's what i love about it so i'm excited for all of the stuff that's coming and i think we're all enjoying the patch for different reasons there's obviously all this speculation and kind of fun stuff that we've talked about um i really think that what's coming in and adding in this additional content and maybe finalizing some of these maps or finalizing touches on shoreline, adding in the boss, expanding on customs a little bit, adding in streets. Like there, there's just so much potential there. And it's awesome to think that maybe that stuff's a month away or two months max or who knows what. So that's all really exciting. Um, I, I think what I want to do here though is, I mean, <laughs> we can never seem to get out of here under two hours when you show up geek. It's a problem. I love it. It's a I good like problem. It. I but, like it. Um, I, I'm going to plug your stuff really quick if you don't oh, mind, yeah? and then Please. I'll give you a chance. But for those of you that have been listening and you've, you've heard us talk to geek and maybe you haven't checked out his stuff, I, I want to just give you just a little tidbit. You know, there's a lot of people that stream Tarkov that they're all about the gameplay and, and high tier PVP and that kind of stuff. And geek is a great player. He's super knowledgeable in the game. He answers questions, all that kind of stuff. But his, uh, his stream community is really impressive. Like I'll go in there in the mornings and hang out for a little bit. And there's people that will greet me every single time. And I see other people from the Xfil and I lurk a lot. And I see people from the Xfil in there and there's just a really cool community going on there. Memes galore, you know, type uh, exclamation point goofing if you want to have a good laugh about the ostrich boots. But it's been uh, it's been really cool just to hang out there, man. It's, it's really a cool spot on Twitch. I think you have an awesome community. Um, your YouTube guides are great. You've alluded to a couple of them as we've talked here tonight. And I just wanted to say all that before you kind of promoted your stuff because, you know, if you're not someone that watches Twitch, if you don't go in there very often, this is, it's not just about high tier PVP. It's about the community and it's about uh, uh, hanging out with some buds and feeling like a true Canadian while you do it. So get your bag of milk and head up there. <laughs> uh, thank, thank you so much. I, I really do appreciate that. I just want to point out the fact like 
the reason I started my YouTube content was because I was that player that quit the game and I got frustrated, right? I took a three month sabbatical when I first started playing this game because I was just like, I was just dying over and over and over. I just didn't understand. Right. And, um, you know, if, if you're that player, I, I guarantee you, I have some sort of guide that'll help you out just learning the game, learning certain aspects. Um, if you come into my Twitch, you know, I, the big thing I always tell people is there's no stupid questions because we all had that question probably when we first started. You know what I mean? Like everyone started where you are at and that is oblivious to everything and not knowing anything. So come, you know, come into twitch.tv slash geeksay, come say hello. Um, you know, I have a YouTube channel, it's Geek Say. You can search anything. I have tutorials. I've got uh, Gunsmith. Most of my Gunsmiths are updated. Not all of them. I won't. I won't lie to you. I have to get to that. But I have a lot of. I have a lot of tutorials on how to do tasks. Those are mostly the same, except for Gunsmith ones. Um, yeah, I just I I focus on trying to make people fall in love with the game because I love this game so much. Like I, 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 like I said, there's no itch that scratches this game like Tarkov, you know? So I love this game from the bottom of my heart. Um, this Sunday. So you hear this Friday, this Sunday, I get drops again. So you can come by my channel. I'll be streaming for a super ass long time. Come hang out. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm just geek say with an extra H. Guys, can we go in and just blow his channel up? And, you know, if you haven't gone in before, say the X-Phil sent you. Give him some love. Um, maybe we'll get him back again sometime. <laughs> I'm back in two weeks, dude. So I'm Ronald. <laughs> He's got to come back and keep apologizing. Keep that Canadian thing going. Sorry, sorry, sorry. All the time, sorry. They reset the skills, I told you. That's <laughs> right. Tell me I'm sorry. Just apologize now. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, once again, man, thank you for coming. Really thank do you. appreciate it. And uh, more so, too, I just want to fill in by saying thanks for being a friend of the show. You know, yeah. it's uh, it's been fun to have you now on for the third time. And it's just been fun to get to know you and hang out thanks, uh, both in the content and both out of the content. So really do appreciate that. But uh, all right, man, I'm uh, seeing that red number countdown and that green bar across the screen. So that means we are seconds away from disappearing. So I want to say thank you to everybody for watching or thank you to everybody for listening. Remember, you can find the Expo podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And uh, this week's weird one is actually Google Podcasts, which, believe it or not, is pretty hard to get set up. And sometime we might talk about that. But if you want to know how many places are weird that you can find an audio podcast, just start one. Also, youtube.com slash Now You can find the talk show version of this. You can watch Geek and Trigger and I uh, talk this out and you can see Geek apologize in person <laughs> to me during this episode. So go ahead, check that out. We also have guides up for everything from Tarkov content to PUBG content to helping your PC get more optimized. All that stuff is there. So go check that out. All right. That's pretty much it for this week. We hope everyone has a great week in game. Hope that your raids go well and that uh, you get through all of your tasks. Have a good see one. See you guys. Bye, guys. See ya.